My sister and I are only separated by year, and because we were so close in age, sometimes relatives gave us matching gifts, particularly for Christmas. One year, we each received a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers stuffed doll, and in a different year, we received matching baskets of goodies. We even had matching furry white coats that made us look like Frosty the Snowman's illegitimate children with a she-bear. However, not all the gifts were so innocuous. One year, my grandmother paid someone in her retirement community to paint our faces on sweatshirts, and she gave them our school pictures. And not just any school picture, the school picture in which I braided my hair t into tight curls and wore a cowboy-style shirt with fringe. Utterly mortifying. If only I had the sense of humor I have now, I'd save that sweater and eventually turn it into a throw pillow. I imagine this problem would be worse for twins. Not the horrifying picture of my own painted, curled visage smiling awkwardly from my chest, but the identical gifts. It seems to imply that you're not two separate people, but one duplex of a person. In The Babysitter's Club number 21, Mallory in the Trouble with Twins, the BSC has a new client who is aggravating the club, but Mallory is up to the challenge. Or is she? Of course she is, but let's pretend to have some suspense, huh? It's a kid's book from 1989? Calm down, dude. Sheesh. I'm Amy A. Cowan, and this is Rereading My Childhood, The Babysitter's Club number 21, Mallory and the Trouble with Twins. Mallory Pike, the gingerest, blindest, and bracestest of the Babysitter's Club, wants to get her ears pierced. This seems to be a common plot point of late 80s to early 90s culture. The sheer act of getting your ears pierced seemed to signal some serious maturing for parents. There's an episode of Full House where Danny Tanner doesn't want his daughter, Stephanie Tanner, to get her ears pierced, so she lets Kimmy Gibbler do it and it gets infected. And there's an episode of The Simpsons in which Homer gets angry after Bart gets an earring. Now, as I'm doing a rewatch of every Degrassi episode, Ellie comes in with holes all over her body and Sean has both his ears pierced. I remember getting my ears pierced when I was like five at the Claire's. It seems that ear piercing is not the direct stripper pole straight to hell after all. But I digress. Mallory wants pierced ears and her parents think she's too young. Or she assumes her parents won't allow pierced ears. She hasn't asked them. After the obligatory pages describing each babysitter, including referring to Claudia as exotic with almond-shaped eyes, oof, and pages explaining how the club works, we have a meeting. And surprise, Logan is there. It makes the girls nervous as if they've never seen Logan before. I feel like he's been around enough that they should be used to having him there. I remember the boys I was friends with in middle school. At some point, they were barely visible. During the meeting, Mrs. Arnold, the mother of twin girls, Carolyn and Marilyn, needs a steady sitter while she works on a fundraising campaign for Stony Brook Elementary. Of course, our favorite redhead takes the job. Mallory arrives at the Arnold household and the twins are dressed in identical outfits, down to the haircuts. They are wearing bracelets with their names on them, but the bracelets match, ex except the name painted on them. Mrs. Arnold herself is quite a fussy woman, wearing matching bows in her hair, shirt, belt, and shoes. There will be no pattern mixing in her house. When Mrs. Arnold leaves, Mallory offers the girls her kid kit. Carolyn chooses to play with some puzzles, while Marilyn chooses some books, including a book called Baby Island, which is real and not just a bad sitcom with one season from the 90s. And now, mid-season kicks off with Admiral Baby! <laughs> We're taking the entire 6th Fleet to Candy Island? Those are the Admiral's orders. <laughs> hmm.
Mallory remarks that the twins are cute and look like bookends. This prompts the twins to speak to each other in their twin language, which is just nonsense, and they try to trick Mallory by removing their name bracelets. However, it's time for Marilyn to practice the piano, and Mallory is finally able to tell which one is Marilyn until the end of her job. It's another day and Mallory's back at the Arnold residence. This time, Mallory plays hide-and-seek with the girls. When Mallory finds one, she asks for a snack. Mallory obliges and goes to search for the other one. She finds one and Marilyn or Carolyn asks for a snack. Mallory obliges again and asks where the other one is. It seems she either hid again or is still hiding. Mallory finds another one and they ask for a snack. Mallory declines. There are two of you and I gave out two snacks. That's it. No more. No more? No fair! It's very fair. Two twins, two snacks. I think you guys just fooled yourselves. Then they go into their twin language. When it's time for Marilyn to practice the piano, Carolyn reads a Paddington book and they both ignore Mallory until their mother comes home. Now it's time for a different sitter to confront the Arnold twins, Claudia. This time, Mrs. Arnold has some special instructions. Marilyn's piano lesson is at 11.30, Mrs. Arnold told Claude. Her carpool will arrive at 11 o'clock. She's going to be in a recital next week, and today is a special rehearsal and lesson. It'll last an hour and a half. She'll be dropped off here around 1.30. While Marilyn's gone, Carolyn should work on her project for the science fair. Carolyn just loves science, don't you, dear? Claudia can't tell the difference between the twins, but one of them leaves with the carpool. A few moments later, Claudia gets a phone call. It's the music teacher, and she has, quote, a very tone-deaf Arnold twin, and asks if Claudia can get the other one. Claudia can't drive, so Carolyn just has to stay there until the carpool can bring her back. When Mrs. Arnold comes back, she scolds the girls for playing a prank on their sitter, but she also scolds Claudia, and Claudia has to go without pay. Okay, Mrs. Arnold, it's your horrid twins who played a prank. It wasn't Claudia's fault. You should have to pay her double. The BSC has a meeting, but before they can discuss the twins, Mallory obsesses over everyone's clothes. Claudia is dressed surprisingly toned down, a t-shirt she painted herself in some capris. Don is wearing an oversized blue shirt, and if a girl from the 80s thinks it's oversized, it must have been able to house a small family and a guinea pig. Marianne is the one whose outfit is, well, quote-worthy. Marianne was wearing a short plum-colored skirt over plum and white striped bodysuit. The bottoms of the bodysuit stopped just above her ankles, and she tucked the bottoms into her socks. I don't know her socks were. She'd taken them off. The neat thing about her outfit was that she was wearing white suspenders with her skirt. So a mime, basically. <laughs> After that, they talk about the Arnold twins, but nothing that we didn't already know. They speak in a twin language. They look identical, but Carolyn likes science and Marilyn plays the piano, so they're not completely the same. Another day, another adventure with the Arnold twins. This time, whenever the twins speak in their own language, Mallory responds with Pig Latin, which confounds the twins. Their minds are blown. Mallory promises to teach them if they stop speaking their twin language around her and put their name bracelets on. Properly. They strike a deal. In a moment of verisimilitude, the twins lament that no one can tell them apart. They show Mallory their one key difference. Carolyn has a mole under her left eye. Marilyn's mole is under her right eye. At the end of the sitting job, Mrs. Arnold asks if the BSC would be willing to watch over the twins' birthday party. Mallory promises to bring it up at the next meeting. As she's leaving, the girls call Udge Aigbe instead of their twin language, and Mallory is pleased with herself. We switch to Christy watching over her siblings, Karen, David, Michael, and Andrew. The chapter starts with a long explanation of what an estate sale is, because we couldn't leave it at Mrs. Thomas and Watson are gone. 
They're going to an estate sale. Promise. Just a plain old estate sale. What is an estate sale? Let me tell you in excruciating detail. I know all about these sales because I'm going to one. I'm not going to a secret island where we hunt the poors for sport. I'm going to an estate sale, which, which is something I know all about. Karen and Michael invite the Papadakis kids over. Meanwhile, Andrew needs to learn lines for a school play about a circus. However, Andrew doesn't want to be in this play. But I don't want to be in it, replied Andrew, and his lower lip began to quiver. I don't want everyone looking at me and listening to me. But you know what they'll probably be thinking while you're doing that? What? They'll probably be thinking, what a good bear that Andrew makes. He knows his lines so well, I bet he worked very hard. What if I forget my lines? Then what will they be thinking? They'll be thinking, oh, too bad, he forgot his lines. Well, that happens sometimes. He still looks like a very nice, smart boy. Sure, Christy, that's what they'll be saying. If you wanted to motivate him, you should have told him the truth. If he remembers his lines and just says them, the second he's done, they'll pay attention to the next kid. If he forgets his lines, they'll remember him and use him as an example of why you should learn your damn lines. While Andrew works on learning his lines, David Michael reads Boss Showman comics with Lenny Papadakis. I think it's lovely that the kids are getting into a comic book series about an Edo period Japanese haiku poet. Instead of reading poetry, which I'm assuming these comics are about, Karen and Hanny dress up identically and say they're twins because the kids in this town are suspiciously in tune with the A storyline. As for the party, of course the BSC helps with the Arnold twins' birthday. Although, I guess it's just Marianne, Dawn, and Mallory. When Mallory discovered the mole difference, she started noticing the other differences between the twins. Marilyn's nose is rounder and Carolyn's cheeks are fuller. She also noticed the personality differences between the two. After the games, they open their presents and every gift the twins received comes in a pair. A pair of Raggedy Ann dolls, a pair of stuffed elephants, a pair of the complete second season of Designing Women on DVD. The girls are not particularly happy. This is until they get to Mallory's gifts. They were not the same size or shape. They were wrapped in different paper. The twins looked intrigued. Is this a mistake? asked Carolyn. Who are they from? asked Marilyn. Me, I replied. Go on, open them. So they did. I picked out a tiny pin in the shape of a piano for Marilyn and a book of simple science experiments for Carolyn. Boy, thanks, the girls cried enthusiastically. They absolutely beamed at me. But the twins are only allowed to be individuals momentarily because the cake has their identical faces on it and they blow out the identical candles at the same time. The next time Mallory sits for the twins, they show her some other gifts they received. Despite their sets of identical dollhouses, socks, and jumping sticks, I... I didn't make up that last one. Their favorite gifts were the ones from Mallory because they were different. Mallory tells them about her triplet brother. She says that they don't dress the same, they act differently, and they don't get three copies of everything. Mallory apologizes for calling the twins cute bookends when they met. The twins apologize for antagonizing Mallory and the other sitters. The twins, with the support of Mallory, speak to their mother when she gets home. Different, spoke up Marilyn, but we look alike and dress alike, so everyone treats us like one person. The same person. But we aren't one person, Mommy, said Carolyn desperately. We're two, only no one knows it. At school, the kids call both of us Marilyn or Carolyn. I cringed, remembering that was how I used to think of the girls. We hate it, added Marilyn. The girls do look sweet in their matching outfits, I said. But, I added quickly as Carolyn poked me in the ribs, they told me they think they're old enough to choose their own clothes. They have different tastes. If we went to school looking different, said Marilyn, maybe the kids would get to know who we are. Their mother agrees to let them use their birthday money to get new clothes and haircuts. Before we get to the shopping montage, bolstered by the twins' success, Mallory has to speak with her parents. 
After a lengthy explanation of negotiation, Mallory asks for a new wardrobe, her ears pierced, a new haircut, and contact lenses. They say she's not old enough for contacts and they don't have enough money for a new wardrobe. She didn't really want those two. They're tokens for negotiation. She can get her ears pierced as long as she pays for it herself, and she does the aftercare so they don't get infected. She can get her hair cut as long as she doesn't get a, quote, green mohawk, and she has to go to a, quote, salon downtown. A green mohawk can be adorable, but I guess I'm biased as a member of the Blue Hair Club. Or I was when I wrote this. We finally get our shopping montage with the twins and Mallory. They talk about how expensive clothes are, and I wondered, why didn't they just go to an outlet mall? Too good to be a maxinista? Mallory buys magic book earrings for her and Jessie. I guess we're not done with the identical gift motif. In the end, the girls show off their new looks to their mother, who was surprised but open-minded. A few days later, Mallory is back at the mall with the rest of the BSC. Not only is Mallory going to get her ears pierced, but Jessie is going to get pierced ears also. Claudia is getting a third hole, and Dawn is getting a second hole. The lady at Claire's just puts them on a lazy Susan and shoots their ears as they spin around in a circle. Just kidding, she doesn't normally. And the book doesn't explicitly say it's a Claire's, but we all know it's a Claire's. So in the end, both the Arnold twins and Mallory get to show off more of their individuality. Every kid has to go through this, when you have to convince your parents to give up some of their autonomy so you can pick out what you want. Even though every kid can relate on some level, being twins exacerbates the situation. If every Christmas my sister and I got the same gifts, I'd go insane also. Especially since her gifts are more of the Barbie variety and all I wanted were books about hostage-level parental negotiations and estate sales. 